She shows she's vulnerable. She shows she's human. She shows she's got children. And people, as soon as they see that you're human, they become human. And that's when you've got trust in a relationship. Hi everyone, Tom Panos. I've got with me Rachel Laurie. You are going to freak over this chick. So yesterday we were doing a training session for LJ Hooker. And I can tell you, um, she walked into the room. And straight away, I thought to myself, I bet you she's a great performer. And then she stood up, won an award, $400,000 in gross commission in her first full year of real estate from Stand Start, two children, manages them, and manages a real estate life. How are you, Rachel? I'm very well, thank you. Okay, so Rachel, for all the viewers, can we give us the 60-second snapshot of your background? Like, you're a marine biologist, right? Yes. So how, how did that all come about? Like, how, like, how long have you been doing that? Okay, so I was a marine biologist uh, for 16 and a half years, full-time. Yep. Um, grew up, uh, born on a farm, country girl, um, had a brother as well. I really loved the agriculture lifestyle. Um, wanted to work with animals. Um, loved the water. I'm a water baby, and I chose to head into that sector because my brother took over managing the farm as, as we grew up. Okay, so you did that right from school? Yes. Um, so basically, uh, I went to a tiny little school, um, and then into secondary. Uh, we had a few babies on the farm. wasn't able to come here to Adelaide to do private education. I went to a private school in Port Lincoln, um, not far from our farm, but I boarded during the week. Went home on weekends. Then into university, uh, where I overloaded. Did. Um, a degree where I majored in both aquaculture and marine biology. It was meant to take five years, I did it in three, and then stepped straight out into industry instead of doing my PhD. Okay. And you're now in real estate, um, year, first year? Yes. How, I mean, how did you write 400 grand in GCI from Stanstar? No experience in real estate. What's your average price? Average price is just over four hundred thousand. So, like, yeah. So my commission's just under average commission's just under nine. Nine grand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, for sale or auctions. Seventy percent auctions. Seventy percent auctions. Yes. Okay. And I'm already um, to date fifty six percent repeat and referral business. How do you do that? Uh, I was very strategic. It was a strategic decision to enter the industry, and I think that's where I had the heads up. When I walked in, I didn't walk in. I was, I was sprinting when right. I hit hit industry. Did you hear that sprinting? Yeah. She didn't walk in. She's. I like that. Yeah. So um, I consulted with the industry. I was in a position where I needed to make a change. I still do a little bit of marine biology consulting off the side, but I needed something that was reliable but still challenged me. Um, I'm full of energy all the time. Um, I love love being competitive. That's in in building me all my life. I've been a competitive horse rider. And I don't like getting seconds. So um, real estate offered everything I required. It also offered the opportunity to have a structure that I could still have a very good life balance style so I could be the best mum possible to my two girls. They're my driving force for everything I do. How old are your girls? My girls are five and seven. Five and seven. Okay. So you look after those. Yes. And you got your real estate life. Yes. How do you do that? How does it work okay. out? Like- so it's it's based around an ideal day and an ideal week. The whole time there is non-negotiable times as well. So when it's family time, it's non-negotiable. That's that is strictly time for my children. 
Um, so I'll give you an overview of yeah. my week. Yeah, can I, can we, what's your ideal week look yeah. like? Yeah, okay, so if we start from Monday, Monday morning I'll get up somewhere between 4.35 o'clock and I'll do my exercise. So as you know, I run somewhere between 40 to 60 k's a week and do a couple of cross training She looks, sessions. by the way, you can't see the camera, she looks fit. Right? <laughs> so you, so you, you, wake, you wake up at 5 o'clock, yep. you train. Yep. So I do my training. Um, I usually have breakfast and read my gobble. Yeah. Um, and I start preparing my girls' meals for the what day. What do you read your book? My goal book. I have a goal book. Right, so explain that. Okay, so our goal book is, um, and everyone in our office has one, where you have a visual of all the goals that you're trying to achieve, personal goals. Um, so I have pictures of my girls, my ideal car, house, those sort of things, the holiday where I want to go. That's, um, and then within there... I have um, goals for financial, personal health, real estate, etc. So I think there's about 52 of them in total. Um, and then we have, then I have in there as well a breakdown of my goals for gross commission, face-to-faces, appraisals, listings, and then I marry up my actuals to it as well. Um, yeah, it has pretty well. It's, 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 I guess, my bible. So, so Rachel, is it an actual hardcover book? What is it? Yeah. yeah. So can, can I just yeah. Uh, so. yeah. So gang, it's something like this here, and um, we won't. They won't be able to see it all, but it's just uh, and 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 you you write in it every day or, or? no? Um, so I have another little book that I write. Um, so if we go to any mentor training, etc., um, I'll write all my notes in there neatly. So I have because I'm a biologist, my writing can be quite messy. So I transpose those back into that little book that I carry around with me. Now, I read my goals um, at a minimum three times a day, but I try and up it as much as I can. So if I'm having a coffee or something, I'll flick it open and read it um, just so I have downtime and it just reminds me exactly where I'm at. Okay. Mm. So... Let's get so you read your goals. Yeah, read my goals. Exercise, make the girls, yeah. Exercise, make the girls uh, prep, prepare their lunches, breakfast, dinner, um, and then get the girls up, get the girls ready for school, get them to school, and then I go to work. But this is where I try and minimise transition time, which I spoke to you about. Um, so what happens is when the girls are eating the breakfast, because I've already had mine. Um, on Monday mornings, uh, between 7.30 and 9 o'clock, um, and it's in my listing presentation, I tell my vendors that I will speak to them. So I start calling my vendors at 7.30, right. and those that I don't talk to once I've dropped the girls to school, I, as soon as I get to work, I finish those calls. Then from 9 o'clock to 9.30, uh, we have a review meeting, of a sales review meeting uh, with the whole team. Every day. On Monday mornings. On Monday mornings. What we do is we discuss uh, what's happened over the weekend. Usually we talk about our auctions, opens, anything that's come up, but it's more an accountability meeting as well. The last thing we go through is the previous week's accountability, um, what we were looking to achieve and what we did achieve. And then you, so it's for connected calls, face-to-faces, appraisals, listings, sales, etc. So we, each person has to read out their own um, so you become accountable. Now that's transposed off of a board that we have to fill out each day. There's a whiteboard. We have to hand fill it out to say how many connected calls we've done and how many face-to-faces. So, uh, Rachel, connected calls is people that you actually 
reach yes. and speak to. Yes. And face to faces are people that you have. Yeah. Is it a buyer? So, or? so it can be a buyer. Um, yeah, a buyer, vendor, uh, um, an appraisal. What, it could what, be. A, it could be just a gen- general say hello from your focus market area. Roughly, what's the sort of goal that you have for connected calls and face to face? Okay, so it's it's actually progressed and um, over the twelve months and changed oh. uh, due to where I was. Um, so the first two quarters, I it was I committed to it. It was like I knew that that prospecting was the key yeah. to being successful. I didn't focus on the end result. It was keep it simple. Do my connected calls and do my face-to-faces every day. Now, initially, I was told this is how many connected calls and how many face-to-faces you should do if you want to achieve a GC of two hundred thousand. I was like, oh, okay, doesn't seem like that much and um, too much energy sometimes. So I thought, no, I've got to achieve above and beyond all the time. So uh, my connected calls that I was doing for those first quarter. Per day, I was looking at a minimum of 50 connected calls per day and at a minimum of 60 face-to-faces. So I was... 60 a day? A day. Wow. So, um, and then what I did... 60 face-to-face a day? Yeah. Wow. So now I didn't quite... Sometimes I didn't quite get there because I'd get out more calls. So then what I found was my success was in seeing the people directly, them getting to know me. Personally, um, within months, that first few months, I'd be walking in my focus market area and people were leaning out the window. I felt like I was back in the country. Right. Hi, Rach, how are you going? So it was like, I've got to do more face-to-faces. I've got to get get out there more. Face-to-faces, door-knocking? Yeah, door-knocking, say hellos, and making appointments. So what I was doing, I had a huge network of people already from my previous industry and also the sports I'd play. I made sure every single one of them knew that I was in real estate spread the word as quick as I could, and then focus, and also doing my focus market area. Um, by doing that, I was also picking key people that I knew had awesome networks that I knew and having meetings with them. Right, right. So give me an example of people that, that would be like an awesome network, like a lawyer or... Yeah, so uh, lawyers, bankers, accountants, um, presidents of footy clubs, cricket clubs, things like that, yeah. Okay, um, like influencers. Yeah. Maybe influencers. they won't buy or list from you, but they influence other people. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so um, so today you're prospecting. What's your prospecting look like today? Rachel? Okay, there's a lot more calls now um, because my face-to-faces are more keen face-to-faces. Um, so those that are listing my A, B and C grade appraisals and I have different times set, so I try and be very structured. So if it's an A grade, I allow a good hour and a half so that if I need to close, if they're in the position to close, I don't force them into it, but if they're in the position to close, I will close it then and there. Um, If it's a B grade and I can see them moving to an A grade, I allow at least 40 minutes to give them that information then set up the second appointment to see if they need anything further because they'll flip quick. And what's a C grade? C grade, I'm usually there for about 15, maybe 20 minutes. If it's an old, I find... Generations, you can the older people. I need to explain a little bit more. To okay, them. so Rachel, for our viewers out there, A, what's an A? A grade, ready for sale. Ready for sale. Within B. the next, like within the next month, six weeks. B. B grade, probably up to six months away, and then above C is above. And all these people you've got by you going to your networks, by you doing door knocking, by you doing telemarketing. Yes, that's correct, and also making sure that. 
I, I take advantage of um, every open house that I do. That I, every single buyer knows who I am and how good I am at over-servicing both vendors and buyers. That's where I picked up a lot of business to start with. Right. So I got my first couple of listings and I just hammered those buyers. I was out hunting houses for them. Now what happened was I got a few listings that didn't end up going to the open market as such. Those I was ringing the buyers up and they were like, wow, what a service. Thank you for providing it to us and we're spreading the word. You've got to see Rachel. She looks after you. She looks after the buyers. She'll put buyers on your property really quickly. Now, ideally, it's not the best thing that we look to get some marketing in some form, but... Adelaide was small enough, and being a country person, I thought word of mouth was awesome, and it was. I so you created raving fans by doing amazing buyer management work, which yeah. a lot of people don't do by them. No. They, they just want to get the listing, and no. what you said is, I'm going to give these people like world-class service, yeah. and they're going to start talking about Rachel. Yeah, and what was happening, within four months, I had people ringing up at barbecues. So on a Saturday or Sunday, they were at a barbecue, and they'd introduce themselves and they'd say, look, our friend Phil gave us your number. Um, he's on your buyers list. We want to register as well. We're currently looking for a property um, and we're looking to sell. We heard your service is outstanding. Can you come and see us? Okay. So guys and girls, let me tell you what Rachel has just said is absolute gold. People that say that they don't know what to do when they're new in the industry to start getting the name out there. Focus on buyers. It's something that agents neglect. They don't want to do it. All they want to do is hope that someone's going to list with them. What Rachel has done is gone in there and she's been able to beat competitors by actually providing amazing five-star service to buyers. People start talking about her and then the calls start coming in from Mm. people, right? So, Rachel, I noticed yesterday you showed me your folder. You 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 use a handwritten folder that follow up people, don't you? Yes, right? I have a top prospect book. That's what I call it. A top prospect. And what's that top prospect book? So, basically, uh, it has the name and address. Yeah. So, the name of the vendors, the address of their property, um, whether the A, B or C, and where I've appraised that property to be. Now, I have... And you have name, phone number on there or...? No, I don't put the phone number in case... Obviously, it's stolen. Right. Um, but they were all saved into my phone and onto onto my computer as well. Right. Mm. Okay. And um, you just call them, and what do you say to these people? When you so call- usually, I just have a, a, a friendly chat. Right. I, that's what I try and transfer. I'm not forcing them into anything. I try not to be a typical, what people classify as a typical salesperson. I try and show them that I'm genuine and I'm honest and I want to provide them with a good service. But I'm interested in them. Yes, you yes, you stay a certain distance away personally and emotionally with them, but if you show genuine interest in what they're trying to achieve in the future and have an understanding of their background, they're so receptive. So sometimes I'll, I'll know whether it be a birthday or some, their daughter was getting married. I'll ring them up and say, oh, I have an enjoyable week. I had a vendor. Um, her father was ill. So I make sure I sent a sympathy card because... Also, when he passed away, but her wedding was a few weeks later, and then I sent her a card wishing her best of luck and joy. Those are the so you, if you have an understanding of where they are, yeah. and you show that genuine interest in them, like wow, she did remember. So I try and take key notes mentally, and when I walk out, it's straight down in the notes. So I have folders back in the office of every property I've appraised, right? With personal notes and also notes about the property. So I and I know some of them. So, you, I don't so, have you, to. so you've got a Manila folder. 
Uh, not manila folders. So there's the, each property is stapled, and then there's just I've probably got ten folders now that are just full of appraisals for each right. property that's stapled together. Okay. So Rachel, what's tell me more about the rest of your ideal week? So what does okay. you typically? Yeah, typically. Okay. So we'll move from that meeting. Then on, then we go on to connector calls. Yeah. And so those connector calls um, on Mondays are usually straight into feedbacks and things like that. To so, Yeah, um, to, the, to the buyers, feedback, right. do my feedback reports. Right. Get those done as quick as I can. If I can't get through, obviously they carry over to Tuesday and then those reports will be submitted. Do you email them? Yeah, they get emailed. Um, so they, we don't give them to them personally. Yeah. Um, if they don't have email, I've still got some clients that don't have an email, they get sent. Um, I hand deliver, I put them in the post box that night, I just right. drive past. Then I'll give them a call on Wednesday to follow up. Now, um, if I don't have feedbacks as such to do, I'll go into cold calling um, and then begin my appointments after lunch. At 3 o'clock, or just before 3 o'clock, I go pick up my children. Children usually come back to the office because Charlene and Taylor will come back to the office. They do their reading. My girls are structured as well. They'll do their reading, do drawing and craft and stuff while I finish off um, some admin work and then we go home. So Monday nights is for the girls and I. Tuesdays, Tuesday mornings, we um, same thing. If I need to make calls to vendors, I make them before work. Same routine every morning with my girls and I at right. home. Okay, so it's always the four thirty-five o'clock start. Uh, then, what, what, what time you go to sleep? No, uh, depends. It depends. So, say if we had a variable flow and, um, thrown into my ideal day, yeah. I push my admin work to after my girls have gone to bed and finish that off right. at home at night. Um, so it could be anywhere from ten to midnight. Okay. okay, I I can survive off a very but, but even sleep. if you go even if you go to bed at midnight, you still get up at four thirty-five. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My yeah body clock. Yeah. Right. Commit to it. Stay on track. Otherwise, if you fall back, that's it. It's really okay. Hard. So Rachel, so Tuesday the same same yeah. with the kids. With yeah, same ritual with the children, and then once I get to uh, school, I get to work. Yeah. Um, we have uh, scripts and dialogue, the whole team. Right. So we go into that, yeah. um, and then same deal for the rest of the afternoon. But I work a little bit later on Tuesdays. I work to 6 o'clock. I do pick up the children. They come back with me. Um, sometimes in the office they'll help out with some admin work, so whether it's stapling, putting folders together, um, and they understand how important it is to do that. Go home, we spend our quality time. Wednesdays, same start again. Um, and then on Wednesday mornings, we have Destinations Captain Captain's Club. <coughs> Excuse me. That's an optional meeting uh, with our principal, Jared Boffo. Yeah. Um, newer staff are always there. If we've already reached captains, then um, we don't have to go. Sometimes we go. But if we're busy, straight into connected calls and into our appointments in the afternoon again. Wednesdays is my different day for me. That's my big day. That's when my efficiency is pretty overwhelming so I have a very good friend who I entrust to help me out with the girls now I prepare the girls meals every day that's one thing I'm, I commit to it's important to me that I've done all that I'm yeah. doing the right thing as a mum she comes and her boss has allowed her to pick the girls up from school take them home do their reading feed them I've already prepared dinner so I can do appointments to whatever hour I have to. So the girls are in bed, I know they're safe and everything's all good. So Wednesdays is my big day, so I, I book it out on appointments. Right, so if you, can I have work, to. you can work quite late. I'm I right. can, yeah, I can. Okay, Thursdays? Thursdays, Thursday mornings. 
um, same thing yeah. again, and then get to work. Um, I sometimes schedule times already with Jared, my principal. That's our goal meetings. We have individual goal meetings for a half an hour. I tend to run a little bit longer because right. I'm forever resetting my goals, yeah. trying to hit the next level. Um, I found I achieved my goals quickly, and then I set myself. So now what I do is I set a goal that scares me. I'm a bit uncertain at the moment. I've set a goal for this next calendar year. It's not scaring me, but I'm not sure if it's achievable either. But a we'll see. A business goal? A business goal, yeah. So we'll see how I go. But then we go straight, and then, re- and then it follows on again. Um, that's one night my girls... I don't pick them up from school, but they go to out-of-school hours care where they do art and craft, play sport with other children, so they mix with uh, children from other schools. To me, that's important. I pick them up from there, and then we now go to the cricket club, which I'm the major sponsor of, and um, have dinner with the club, make our presence aware, and then, yeah, home and off we go. Fridays I have off. Oh, so you have Fridays off and Mm -hmm. you have Sundays off. Yeah. And Saturdays? Saturdays. Saturday mornings. um, I have a great uni student who comes along and she looks after the girls for me. I do appointments in the morning uh, before auctions, conduct auctions, usually till after lunchtime, maybe mid-afternoon, and then my opens after that. If I don't have many opens because I was full up with auctions, I might schedule in a couple of more appointments in the afternoon. Okay, so Rachel, as you're talking, I can't help but think to myself, when you're at work, you work. Yeah. When you're not at work, you don't work. No. So I think that what you're doing is what some agents don't do, and that is you're very ruthless with your time, high-dollar productive, isn't no, it? I have to be. Right. I have to be. If, do you think it forces you, the fact that you've got a situation with your girls that you're looking after, it forces you at work to actually not waste time? Um, I feel guilty if I waste time. So, yeah, occasionally you sit back and have a chat and a laugh with a couple of the guys. But if it's longer than five minutes, I start feeling guilty. It's like, get back to it. If you don't get back to it, you're off track again and you're going to be behind. That could be one extra listing this month. Like, So it's back onto it. So that transition time between everything that I do is critical. Um, I still think I haven't perfected it. I think there's a long way to go. As a biologist, I know you can get more than 100%. (laughs) You can get more than 100% of dissolved oxygen in water. But as a person working, you can look to achieve 100%, but you're never going to be 100% because you can always reset your goals. You keep working towards those goals, and when you get them, then you reset them and you go again. Okay. Can I ask you, what do you want to write next calendar year? But what do I want? GCI. Or what will I write? What will you write? I'm going for 1.2. 1.2. Okay. You're going to put on a PA? Yes, a PA will be um, in in the right. picture. I think I can get to 600 comfortably yeah. by myself. Okay. Uh, Rachel, at a listing presentation, you're in real estate only for one year. Mm-hmm. You compete against other agents that have been there for a while. Yes. Why do you think people pick you over there? Hi, it's Tom Panos here. I'm so excited to be presenting my seven-day kickstart real estate program for 2015. This program, which is evidence-based, is going to show you how to have the process of McDonald's, the energy of Virgin, and the simplicity of Apple. Loaded with downloadable templates and video coaching direct from me to you, I'm going to show you your 12-month prospecting program to get you into more doors. 
I think Tom Panos is Australia's leading real estate coach and speaker. He's walked the talk, he's done everything that he coaches and he's observed the best real estate speakers, not only in Australia but in all of Australasia. I'm going to give you a business plan so you can have a world-class life both in gross commission income and also in fitness and energy. Who you are is not who you can be. In the program we're going to show you what you can do to have amazing amounts of energy how to lose weight, how to stay fit, how to get on track, how to stay on track. He is high energy, he is direct, and what he says actually makes sense. Last week I had 14 auctions, the week before 11, today 10. The bid's there against you at $1,450,000, here it goes. Sold, congratulations. I often look at Tom's website. I love his podcast with the various agents that he interviews. I've always appreciated Tom's insights into the market in general and ways of going about our business. You'll also get eight hours of 15 of the best real estate practitioners on audio, bonus video, which will cover all the scripts to get more VPA, get more listing presentations and create more sales. As part of the program, I'm going to help you set a few rituals in your life that are going to become game changers. We're going to look at the latest research on the science of change. Most people set a New Year's resolution and within one or two weeks, they break it. So I think when it comes to quality takeaways and quality information, Tom Panos is about as good as you're going to get in this country. Once the doors open, they will close shortly afterwards as there's only one opportunity to do this program at the start of the year. I look forward to being your personal coach at the start of 2015. Rachel, at a listing presentation, you're in real estate only for one year. Mm -hmm. You compete against other agents that have been there for a while. Yes. What do you think people pick you over there? Um, I'm very precise. I give them all the facts. I make sure they have all the options presented in front of them. Yeah. I don't force them into a position, but the listing presentation I have guides them to see, I guess, the benefits are of you, the option. Are you, are you a hard closer? No, I don't have to be a hard closer. You just, do you ask for the yeah. business? I'm honest. Right. I'm absolutely honest with them the whole time. So by the time I finish doing our, a specific listing presentation that's being designed in our office, I make sure, it's designed by Jared, I make sure that they understand that I'm there for them. I'm there to service them. I give everything that I can. Vendors, as we know, are smart. They're really smart. Buyers are smart too, but vendors are really smart. This is a huge asset to them, a huge financial commitment of their life. They want to have the best person doing it. Now, I know and I check probably 50% of my vendors, they'll check me on Facebook. I can see that they've scoped me on LinkedIn. Um, so I know that they've done their research. Now, obviously with social media, you, you're careful. But when they see that I'm committed to my children, that people are congratulating me, that I'm highly successful in everything I've done, whether it's been horse riding, athletics, marine biologist, they, they have that confidence. Now, I share a little bit of my personal side with them, yeah. just a little bit. They understand that my girls are my priority. I open up my goal book. Do you talk about that at the listing presentation? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I say to them, here's my girls. They are the reason I'm here. I'm here to do the best job for you, for them, for their future. Instantly. Everyone gets it. Don't get me wrong. You are my priority. 
but you must understand that my girls are the number one priority in my life and that's the only time that you will come second. Okay, I want everyone to actually digest what Rachel just said because I think that what you just said is what gets her the listing. She shows she's vulnerable. She shows she's human. She shows she's got children. And people, as soon as they see that you're human, they become human. And that's when you've got trust in a relationship. When Rachel takes off her agent mask and shows her mum mask, a vendor takes off their vendor mask yeah. and they show that they're a human as yeah. well. You know, anyone can do it. You don't have to be a single mum of two. Everyone has a life story of something. So I draw on all my, I guess, life experiences so far. Now, that one, most people can relate to straight away. Professional, sometimes if I'm talking to professionals, I go straight into my professional mode as a marine biologist. So look, I've dealt with people that will pay $250,000 plus for a tuna, a 60 kilo tuna. So I, I show them that you, I'll respect them, I'll do everything I can, I will over-service them, everything to ensure that they get a premium price for their property. Now, um, I, I take pride in the work I do. I get offended if they feel I haven't done the, the right thing by them, but I always check myself. I'm my harshest critic, so I make myself accountable to our business systems operator with my numbers, to the whole team on those whiteboards, and I definitely make myself accountable to my principal, who's a mentor that's absolutely brilliant. But my harshest critic is myself, and I'm really harsh on myself. So with the real estate side of it, three things. Keep it simple. Yeah. Connect to calls, face-to-faces, and be 8 out of 10 at least, or at a minimum for your scripts and dialogue. And be structured. Okay. Rachel, final question. What's what's the advice you'd give to yourself on day one in real estate if you were joining now that you've had a year down the track? Yeah. And what's the best advice you'd be going to give to our 17,000 <laughs> subscribers out there on this video? What advice do you give to someone, you know, particularly the, the girls? Okay. Uh, critical. Be honest and genuine. Uh, uh, Make sure you provide a premium service. Um, be honest with yourself. Yeah. Don't fool yourself. That's critical. You've got to be honest with yourself the whole time. Yeah. Make sure you have good self-discipline. Yeah. You have to be self-disciplined. Is that natural to you? Yeah, it is. Were you like that like throughout your life? Five years old, I was competing nationally in horse riding. Right. And we went interstate. For the, it was my first interstate competition. And I got smashed by the Victorians. And I was, I, I came home devastated. Next year when I went back to Melbourne Royal Show, I smashed them. Right. Now, so you're competitive. By I'm now. highly competitive. But that only came uh, as a five-year-old child to six-year-old child. I had to get up in the morning, go and put my pony out, feed my pony, rub my pony, brush my pony, make sure everything was done. When I got home from school... Do my homework, straight over to the stables, work my pony, saddle it up, do the whole lot. Um, I was very fortunate, hard, but fortunate. My parents didn't, they made me pay for my entries out of my prize money. If I wanted a new pony to upgrade because I was growing, um, I had to sell my other pony to buy my new pony. Those sort of things. So I had to um, accept responsibility. Um, I had to, like take pride in what I was doing. And if I wanted to win because of my competitive nature, I had to put the work in. Um, and probably 
the one thing that really pushed me as hard as I could be pushed. I was I was always good at athletics and competed against the boys. But in the horse industry, I always had to compete against adults. It wasn't age-related. I was doing well locally um, and state championships. I was getting runner-up. And I got runner-up six years running. As a... a, From... Yeah, so from eight to 14. Um, And at 14, I spat it six times. That was enough. I just said, no, that's enough. I've got to win. Like, I can't keep getting runner-up to adults. They can't judge me for being a kid. So that next year, I remember going out, and it was my school holidays. I could have been at the beach, been at parties the whole lot, and I was up at 4 o'clock in the morning if it was predicted to be a 40-degree day, over at the stables, saddling up my horse and going out and training. And I trained and trained and trained, and I won. Well, you've heard it here. If you want something badly, you get it. If you don't, you get an excuse. And I think that this video today with Rachel is a classic example of routine will set you free, get structure in your life. Yes. She's proved, proved that. I think anyone, whether the, eliminate the excuses, I'm a girl or I'm a mum or I've got two kids <laughs> or my mark is too hard, here's living proof that um, if it's got to be, it's up to me. You're an inspiration. Congratulations, Rachel. I'd love, would we be able to put on the um, show notes uh, a copy of An Ideal Week? You know? Yeah, yeah they, definitely. They, um, um, so thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. I've, I've got to say it's a credit, though, to the team that I'm in. I've got, I think, an amazing principal, but the team I'm in, that environment has allowed me to, so to move it's forward. It's LJ Hooker, which office? LJ Hooker Walkerville. LJ Hooker Walkerville, a great owner. I met the, I met, I met you, I met your boss at Crown Gym one day. I was doing work in Melbourne, and he came over and spoke to me. And then, by coincidence, we were there yesterday, and he said, "Definitely interview this girl." Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Do you know 